millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 244. Our guest today is pop singer-songwriter Carla Weeby. The Australian muso is releasing her brand new EP, Jupiter and Mars, today. Before we get too far into our chat with Carla, please make sure you subscribe to the pod. While you're doing that, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We have just released a brand new video where we've taken Moona record shopping. That video is out today. So please make sure you're subscribed across all of our socials so that you can stay up to date with new guests, new episodes, everything. Links for those can be found within the show notes of this episode. Our guest today, as mentioned before, is Carla Weeby. She is a brilliant singer and songwriter who is today releasing her second studio EP, Jupiter and Mars. Carla has been on an incredible run lately, releasing singles like Is Forever Off the Table and Night to E5, and she's supported international heavyweights like Alec Benjamin and Benson Boone, which has seen her music being opened up to a whole new fan base. In today's episode, we're speaking to Carla about the EP and how some of these songs have been around since before she actually started releasing music. We talk about her creative process and how music wasn't originally her kind of intended career, but um, an exposure to Avril Lavigne changed that. We talk about collaboration, we talk about her supporting Benson Boone, um, and we discuss whether Carla will be touring behind this EP or not. I won't spoil anything. I'll let you listen to the episode to find out the answer to that. You can find all the details for Jupiter and Mars in the show notes of this episode and all of Carla's social media. And we want to say a massive thank you to Thomas from Warner Music Australia for his help with this episode. Here is our chat with Carla Weeby. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Carla Weeby. Hello, Carla. How are we? Um, yeah, I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It is, um, it's an incredibly exciting day, and so we do appreciate that you're here. It is the release day for your brand new EP, Jupiter and Mars. It is out today. Firstly, congratulations. Thank you so much. It is a beautiful collection of songs. I know that it's the first EP in a little while. Firstly, how how are you around release days? Are you and not a nervous person, but are you someone who gets nervous with with the new uh, release of new music? Um, I there's always like a little bit of 
you know, that the anticipation nerves. Um, but I try to not really think about it. Um, because it's it's such it's such a lead up and it all comes down to like essentially well, I mean, not really, but like it feels like it comes down to that one moment where it's out and then it's like, well, I, I can't do it. I, I've done everything I can in regards to like making the EP. Um, and then it's out. So it's like, you know, I, I'm kind of always doing things right up until the very last second when it's released. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of busy. I don't really think about it too much. Um, and then after I'm like, Oh, it's out. Cool. Like, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to keep promoting it now. So yeah, I'm not really nervous, but, um, yeah, definitely. Like there's a bit of anticipation nerves. Of course. And I think that's to be, um, very understood. Is it, I imagine it is a bit of a weird feeling because you are, you, this is something you're putting so much of yourself into for, months years even and then at a certain point it just becomes totally out of your hands and you kind of just have to almost just go with the flow of it yeah exactly I mean for this specific EP like the songs range from having been written five years ago I started Jupiter and Mars um that's when I first started writing it um and then you know um addicted to self-deprecation I wrote couple months ago you know so it's 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 yeah it's like a combination of songs that have been written across you know five years so um it does feel like you know I've been working on it for not necessarily the EP for this song but you know like there's there's been a lot of ongoing work um and so I've just like tried as best as I can to just be completely happy with it so that I can just let it out into the world and just you know be proud of it. Um, and I really am. And I'm, it's, it's what I could have, it's all I could have hoped for. So, um, just very excited to share it with everyone. And I can very much appreciate that, that sentiment. I, as I mentioned before, it is a beautiful collection of songs. It's a great EP. This might be a bit of a silly question up the top of the interview. Um, and I know it's always such a, not even a difficult, but maybe even an unfair question. Uh-huh. Is <laughs> is there a song in particular from the EP that I guess has a closer meaning to you or that you hope resonates with people maybe more than others? Um, that's actually an interesting question because it's not like what's your favourite song of the EP. It's like what you want, <laughs> you know, to resonate with people the most. Um, I would probably say like to resonate. I I feel like Night to E5 is such a like a emotionally powerful song for me. Um and it's essentially about, you know, not not looking after yourself and putting other people before yourself and then like you being the one that has to deal with that and struggle with that. And so I think um most people have experienced that at some point in their lives where they, you know, kind of sacrifice their own um makes happiness or something similar for someone else that they care for. So I think, I think maybe, yeah, to, to resonate with people, that one, I would say. I loved that song. That is the current um, single that is out now. It does also involve for those fans who are literary fans, it does yes. involve a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> it does. It actually, with that, <laughs> with that, that one, I actually made a little mistake. So um I like I love Harry Potter, but I made a mistake in which scene I was referencing. There is still a scene where they say night to E5, so it, it's not entirely incorrect. But the final scene, the wizard chess scene, that is night to H3, I'm pretty sure. So that's what I was referencing, but I just got the wrong um 
you know, uh, place on the chessboard. But I mean, it, it's still the same concept, so it's fine. Still the same concept, and as you said, they still yeah. say it in in the movie. So I feel like the, the reference is still yeah, valid for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, and this might be a silly question, was the title of the song or the, did that stem from, I guess, was the, the song itself inspired by Harry Potter or was that just kind no, of a coincidental coincident thing? I was just thing, trying to think on? of, like in the session, I was just trying to think of kind of abstract concepts or you know, something that I haven't done before. And it kind of just jumped into my head, night to E5. Um, and then I mm-hmm. I didn't initially know what that could mean. And then I thought about it and I thought about how, you know, Ron sacrifices his night so that Harry can go forward and win. And it's like kind of, you know, he sacrificed himself for Harry essentially. And then I, you know, I made that make sense with experiences in my life and, uh, even though I don't say night to E5 in the song, I just felt like it it kind of encompassed the meaning of the song the best. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how that happened. I do love that. And I, I look forward to maybe coming over this EP again and looking at any further releases from yourself to uh, maybe see if there's any <laughs> hidden movie Easter eggs or gems. <laughs> that. Uh... <laughs> um, I would love to kind of discuss your your songwriting in general Carla in terms of um the I guess firstly the introduction that you had to songwriting I know that I believe you were more of a uh, a, a sporting person before you yeah. were into music and then that that kind of changed I think yeah. Avril Lavigne had some kind yeah, of input sure in that did. change <laughs> um yeah so I grew up well I, actually I I played violin from when I was three years old to when I was 13 and I hated it for the whole 10 years that I played. Um, but I, had, <laughs> I had no interest in music growing up really um, until, yeah, kind of high school um, towards the end of high or mid to end of high school, um, my brother started singing and then eventually I tried. I, I was very against the idea at first. My parents were like encouraging me to try it. And because I was so into sport, like I wanted to play professionally. I got offered to go play in, you know, America for a college team at one point. Um, so that was, I was very set on, you know, doing sport. And then um, I just I tried singing. Like I went to a couple of lessons and I just really loved it. And yeah, I haven't really looked back since. Um, I still play sport, um, but, you know, that's just, that's a hobby for me now. I can, I can appreciate that. Do you remember what those, um, those first songs in the singing lesson were? Um, I don't. I, re- I remember the lesson very good. I don't think we sang a song in the in the first lesson. I think we did just like breathing exercises and, you know, just like she was just trying to suss out if I had any sort of talent. Um, but I remember, <laughs> actually, I remember the song I sang for the first like end of term I guess a little concert that they put on it was I Will Be by Avril Lavigne. So she has always had like a massive influence and in, yeah, where I am today. Look, I, I love that. And we've um, actually earlier this week, once this episode comes out, um, we're speaking to Heather from Pay Waves, oh, yeah. the UK band, and discussing the impact of, um, of yeah. the Queen Avril and how she's continuing to influence songwriters even 20 years later. Nope. 
I know it's insane. It's so cool. <laughs> Do you remember first that songwriting yourself in terms of like sitting down and, and writing lyrics and trying to write a melody and how that kind of came to be? Um, yes, I still remember the first song I wrote. It's very bad. Um, but I, I, as soon as I started singing, I taught myself guitar. So I have always had that and then piano. Um, so I've always had, you know, like an instrument to help me when I write. Um, but yeah, it was a terrible song. The chords were A minor F C G as you do <laughs> the most. Um, and yeah, so I, I think I still have the paper that I wrote that on actually. Um, it's somewhere I have, I have piles of you know notebooks and and everything else so yeah I still remember that very vividly <laughs> I feel like for any songwriter whether novice uh beginner or pro I feel like what you just kind of mentioned everyone at some point has tried to work the a minor fg kind yeah. of chord structure into a sad uh <laughs> heartbreak lament if you will <laughs> uh-huh. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um the 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 songs from this EP. When you start writing, because I know that the the previous EP was released in twenty twenty. Is it a thing of that these songs have been around before that, or that they kind of came afterwards and they've just been building in in the background since? Or how do you determine what? Um, not is applicable. What's the the right word I'm looking for? Yes, in t- yes, in terms of the like the track listing, what kind of makes sense and is cohesive? Um, well, I guess this EP in general is fairly different to the first one that I put out, just like sonically. Um, first one is a bit more. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 80s inspired, like like the synth pop kind of thing going on. Um, and then as like my sound developed and, you know, like I, I I always felt like I was never the greatest lyricist. So that was something that I felt I needed to work on. Um, and as I slowly got better with that, um, I got to explore the areas of music that I've always wanted to explore. Um, and so as I started doing that, you know, like I feel like a, a, a new sound that isn't like worlds apart from the other one, but it kind of, became its own thing and it became apparent to me that this is the kind of music I love making, um, which is a little more influenced by, you know, even like 70s or, you know, some 60s elements, um, but less of that synth pop world. Um, And, yeah, so I guess it kind of, once I became comfortable in that world of creating music, they kind of, um, 
there were a few songs that landed in the same, um, I guess, vicinity of each other and they felt right. But also I had Jupiter and Mars from, like I said, 2018, two years before I put out, you know, my first song. So that just felt like it was, you know, a, a part of that. It felt like it, it, it matched the rest of the EP. So um, that's why that one made the cut. I do love that song. It is a gorgeous song. Do you remember what originally uh, inspired it? Oh, the the chords. I randomly played the chords accidentally, and then um, I I love space. So like, I was just like, oh, it'd be cool to write a song, you know, that's like about love and space and putting the two together. Um, so that's where that came from. I I remember I was in LA um, in my friend's house when I I came up with like the chords and just started singing. I actually listened to the original melody, um, like the voice note, the very first voice note that I I had. And I was like, mm. oh my God, I can't believe how far that song has come. Like it's <laughs> it's wild. Um, but yeah. I love that. Do you, uh, are you a big collaborator? Do you like songwriting with others? Mm-hmm. I definitely do. Um, I love songwriting for other people. Um, and then I love, collaborating with people that I'm close with my own stuff. A lot of the times I'll write something by myself, produce up a little idea even, and then take it to the people I work with. Um, and then we build on it from there. Um, but then other times, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll start something from scratch and it's, it's usually the, the songs that, that turn out the best, are people that I'm just comfortable with or like my best, a lot of my songs are written with my best friends. So it's, it's, it's really nice to have that. I love that. I imagine that there is, um, I want to say like a sense of trust almost mm-hmm. when you can have that relationship with someone where you feel comfortable enough to write for them and they know that you're going to do right by them as well, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a very, like you have to switch because when I'm the songwriter, like a co-writer, it's not about me. It's not about you know, I can draw from my experiences to help tell their story, but I always have to remember, like, it's it's their story that they're telling. And I have to try and get into, you know, their type of melodies for their music. And, like, you know, it's just, like, adjusting your brain. And then when it's for me, it's just, like, you know, I have as much freedom as I want, really. Um, <laughs> but I, I enjoy both. I enjoy both very much so. Is there a track that you've written by someone else that you are most proud of or that you're kind of, that, that you, yeah, I guess that you, you love that you were able to hand over or pass on to them. Yeah. Um, Dear Lou's song Temper is probably my favorite co-write that I've written. Um, yeah, I love the song and, you know, she's great. I've known her for many years, so it's really nice to finally write with her. Um, yeah, so I'd probably say that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I know that there are a lot of people excited about this EP coming out, as I mentioned before. I'm curious because now that things are kind of semi back to normal outside of the pandemic, um, will we get an opportunity to see you touring behind Jupiter and Mars and, and kind of uh, playing some live shows around the country? Yeah, definitely. Like I don't have anything set in stone yet, but we're we're currently looking into all of that. Um, I can't wait. Like that's one of my favorite parts, the live performing. And, you know, I, I have done a couple of support shows in the lot and have just gained a whole new kind of, uh, 
fan base, I guess. Um, and I haven't had my own show since they've, you know, started supporting me. So I'm just really excited to be able to play for all, you know, like the new fans and play the new songs I've never played before. So it's really cool. 100%. It's, um, as you've just mentioned, I know that you recently supported Hui. I've got it in my brain somewhere. Um, Benson Alec. Boone, who... Oh, Benson Boone as well. Yep. Yep. Uh, who we've had on this uh, very podcast. And I think Alec Benjamin, um, yeah. lovely gentleman. Um, what were those experiences like? Because as you said, it is a whole kind of new fan base that is now embracing yourself as well. Yeah. And they were very interesting because they were both acoustic shows that I did. And I usually do like with my full band. Um, but yeah, so all the, the Alec ones specifically were solo acoustic and I have never played for myself, you know, like purely like a full set by myself. I play guitar in my set, but I've never, you know, carried the whole thing by myself. So it was actually a really good, um, like learning experience as well. I just have to throw myself in the deep end. Um, and yeah, it was really good because I've now, you know, got some of my best supporters from those shows um, who are, like, super dedicated. Um, and, yeah, so I, I'm really excited to play my my own show for those people. Um, of course. Is there, in terms of other than just a full band, what can – I know that they're yet to be booked in. We're not going to push for details that aren't available yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. But um, what can fans expect from a fuller band show? I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, a longer set list because of the support shows, I have to do like a shortened, you know, set. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I also like, I, I don't want it to just be a show. Like I want to create, you know, like the atmosphere, like whether it's visuals or, you know, just something else that kind of um, creates a little bit of a unique experience. Um, I, I'm always, I'm always throwing that around. So like, don't know what's going to happen, but there'll be something cool. No, look, I'm sure that these shows will be uh, incredible. When when they do happen, we will make sure that we are promoting them on the podcast when they are announced. Uh, is there anything that you particularly, other than the shows themselves, look forward to when on tour? Is there anything? We've recently kind of been having this debate of people who love playing shows but aren't fans of the, you know, the driving, the... Uh, yeah the truck stop sausage rolls, the, the yeah. whatever it may be. Is there anything that you do love about touring or, or do not love it? Um, I mean, I love the show's part. That's basically all. Uh, I, I have a lot of allergy, so I struggle to eat in most places. So when I'm like away and, you know, I don't really know what's going to be available to me, like that gives me a little bit of stress. Um, mm. So I don't like that aspect of it. Um, so I'm usually always bringing stuff with me so that I, I know I have something to eat. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm i someone who's precious about where I sleep. Um, I do I do get panic attacks sometimes, so that's not fun, and it's usually when I'm traveling. Um, but, yeah, I just love performing so much, so it's it's fine. It's worth it. I I very much respect the dedication because there is an element and especially post pandemic there's i imagine that there's um more anxiety around musicians and performers yeah. in in general so i can i can yeah there's a lot of respect from myself to you right now carla on the fact of pushing through um usually we would ask our guests 
what they're currently listening to? Is there anything at the moment that is uh, on high rotation for yourself? I, I don't listen to that much music, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but, well, I haven't listened to music in a couple of days, actually. But the last thing I was listening to was I have, like, my car that I drive is a very old car and it has, like, a CD player in it. Um, and I found all my old CDs and I found Avril Lavigne's first two albums. Um, so I've been listening to those. Brilliant choices. Uh, what is it? Let go. And, um, I'm going to have a mental break um, on the second one. Ah, uh, blanked. I know this. <laughs> um, the one with nobody's home on it. Um, mm-hmm. don't tell me, um, ha- my happy ending. Yeah. Don't but, tell me. Yeah. That album. Uh, Great. <laughs> in my skin. <laughs> Thank you very yes. much to um, the very kind third person on this call for that assistance. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carla, thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Under my skin. Um, thank you so I'm much for yes, coming onto the podcast. I do very much appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on the new EP Jupiter and Mars, which is out today. We'll make sure we put it in all the, uh, the show notes for the podcast, but thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And um, yeah, thanks for your support. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.